Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Wednesday. It's the 20th of December. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Former President Donald Trump is defending his comments about migrants crossing the southern border, who he has said are poisoning the blood of America. He said at a campaign rally in Waterloo yesterday he had not read Mein Kampf, referencing Adolf Hitler's fascist manifesto. He reiterated his blood purity comments from over the weekend and said immigrants in the U.S. illegally are, quote, destroying the blood of our country. Trump has faced mounting criticism for his intensifying rhetoric as he seeks to make immigration policy a key piece of his second-term agenda. Experts have noted his language echoes writings from Hitler about the purity of Aryan blood, which underpinned Nazi Germany's systemic murder of millions of Jews. Meanwhile, Governor Kim Reynolds is accusing the former president of airing an advertisement that misleads Iowans. Reynolds endorsed his rival, Ron DeSantis, in November. The ads currently air in Iowa, featuring statements Reynolds made in the past that praised Trump. And Reynolds mentioned the ad as she campaigned with DeSantis in the state yesterday. It is time for a new leader. It is time for a leader that can win. And most importantly, it's time for a leader that can serve eight years, not just four. Reynolds cites a timeline that started with Trump being very upset that she hadn't endorsed him, then Trump saying her public backing wasn't worth anything when she endorsed DeSantis. Trump called Iowa Attorney General Brenna Byrd Iowa's most popular politician last night during his campaign event in Waterloo. Byrd endorsed Trump in October. Iowa lawmakers will likely soon consider repealing a law that requires state boards and commissions to be gender balanced. IPR's Katerina Sestarek has more. The law passed in the late 1980s requires state boards and commissions to have an equal number of men and women, or nearly equal for boards with an odd number of members. Republican leaders say this makes it difficult to find the right people to serve on boards, especially those that oversee professions that are dominated by men or women. Democratic House Minority Leader Jennifer Confirst says state officials should work harder to fill those positions instead of giving up. I'm trying to understand why in 2024 we'll be talking about whether it's the right thing to do to ensure that we have an equal number of men and women deciding what's happening in our state. Gender balance is important. A diversity of perspectives on these boards and commissions is important. Lawmakers are also expected to consider eliminating more than 40 percent of the state's boards and commissions next session. The Iowa Auditor's Office put out a report on a special investigation into a suspected embezzlement scheme in the small town of Yale. IPR's Zachary Orrin-Smith has those details. A new report from Auditor Rob Sand found that Yale's former city clerk embezzled at least $20,000 from the city. The town of 250 hired Jill White in 2020 as a part-time city clerk responsible for business operations. Over the summer, the bank informed the city that a check was issued to White in excess of her usual payroll. According to the report, former Mayor Tom Godwin confronted her about the check, where White admitted to issuing extra checks to herself. A fourth of the misused money came in the form of two direct checks to White. The city has not filed charges, and new Mayor Buffy Luke tells IPR News the city will will implement 100% of the auditor's recommendations to prevent this from happening in the future. And Coke Industries will pay $3.6 billion to buy the Iowa Fertilizer Company, one of the world's largest modern fertilizer companies, amid surging profits for the industry. The Cedar Rapids Gazette reports OCI Global announced the sale Monday to Coke Ag and Energy Solutions. 
OCI Global is the parent company for the plant located in southeast Iowa's Weaver. The transaction will reduce debt for OCI, make money for shareholders, and allow future investment for the multinational firm. The sale is pending U.S. antitrust approval. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. This IPR podcast is supported by Cultivating Compassion, the Dr. Richard Deming Foundation, fostering causes that enrich the community, generate understanding, and cultivate compassion, including above and beyond cancer. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley is upping her appearances in Iowa as the January 15th caucuses get closer. The former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations and South Carolina governor held one of her town halls this week in Nevada. Thank you for taking the time to be here. How many of you are hearing me for the first time at a town hall? Now, where have y'all been? (laughs) I spoke with Haley Monday ahead of this event on the Story County Fairgrounds. I talked to her about her campaign in this race where former President Donald Trump holds a commanding lead. So what constitutes a win in Iowa for you? I I think I I need to do well. I mean, that's it's just to do well and show that we have a presence. I want to you know, do as strong as we possibly can. I don't know what a win looks like because you don't know what the other candidates do. But based on that, I want to come out of here looking strong. One thing that I've noticed uh, at some of your more recent town halls is you're beginning to talk about some of the differences in foreign policy that you see from former President Donald Trump. Do you feel that another time in the White House for Donald Trump would be bad for American democracy? I mean, look, I've said I think President Trump was the right president at the right time. I agree with a lot of his policies. But rightly or wrongly, chaos follows him. And when you look at foreign policy and the world on fire, I don't agree with Ron DeSantis saying Ukraine's a territorial dispute, and I don't agree with Trump praising these dictators. You don't go and say Hezbollah's smart. You don't congratulate the Chinese Communist Party on their 70th anniversary. You don't praise President Xi a dozen times after he gave the world COVID. You just don't do that. Instead, you let countries know what we expect of them. And now more than ever, we need to come at them strong. This is about preventing war. That's our number one one goal is how do we prevent war. But would a second time in the White House for the former president be bad for American democracy? I think he continues to focus on issues of the past. You know, you saw it when Hamas did that brutality to Israel. What did he do? He talked about some grievance he had with Netanyahu and then praised Hezbollah in the process. You can't have someone who's so focused on the past that they can't see the future. And that's why I think Donald Trump shouldn't be president, is not only does chaos follow him, but he's not in the right state of mind to really look forward. He's too busy wanting to to fix the grievances of the past. We can't have that. We won't survive it. On to another issue. The Supreme Court will uh, re-enter the abortion debate. It's agreed to hear an appeal from the Biden administration about access to the abortion pill, Mifepristone. If you were president of the United States, would you instruct the FDA to limit access to medication abortions? The concern with that is that's not so much about abortion, like surgical abortions. That's about a pill that can be mail-ordered that a doctor doesn't see the patient. The concern with that is we see an increase in visits to the emergency room when someone does that, and we see an increase in complications. What we want to do is make sure we're supporting moms, we're supporting women when they do this. That's the issue with that pill, is it's not so much an abortion question as what about the safety and health of the woman that's having to take it. What do you think of the six-week abortion ban that Governor Kim Reynolds signed into law? Is that, uh, it's tied up in the courts right now, is that the right decision to make? I think if the people of Iowa decided on six weeks, I think it's the right thing 
to do. I'm unapologetically pro-life. But I do think unelected justices didn't need to make this decision. It needed to be in the hands of the people, and I think that's the right place for it to be. Would you support a six-week abortion ban at the federal level if you were president? We're not going to have a six-week abortion ban at the federal level. you That's the problem that Democrats have tried to scare women and Republicans have tried to judge women. We can't pass any law that doesn't have 60 votes. And we haven't had 60 Republican senators in over 100 years. So no Republican president can ban abortions any more than a Democrat president can ban these state laws. So at the federal level, let's find consensus. Let's say, okay, I think there can be a federal law where we ban late-term abortions. Why can't we encourage adoptions and good quality adoptions? Let's make sure doctors and nurses who don't believe in abortion don't have to perform them. Let's make sure that a woman who gets an abortion, no state says she's going to go to jail or get the death penalty. Let's start humanizing this issue instead of demonizing this issue. The number one goal of everybody should be how do you save as many babies as possible and support as many moms as possible. That's how I'll lead when we deal on this issue. Changing to another topic here, but would you honor cutting uh, greenhouse gas emissions in half by the year 2030 if you were president of the United States? The problem is when you put those goals up there, you don't acknowledge the elephant in the room which is until we get China and India to start doing their part, there's nothing we do that's even going to dent what's happening with the environment. So if we want to focus on the environment, I think everybody wants clean air. I think everybody wants clean water. I want my kids to have, you know, a world that's safe for a long time. But we have to acknowledge the hard truths. China and India continue to produce coal, continue to do all of these things that let out emissions, and they do nothing. America's always been a good steward. We continue to cut emissions. But when you look at what Biden's done with these green subsidies, saying we're going to have electric cars, you know, everybody driving electric cars by 2030 or 2035, it's not realistic for a couple of reasons. One, the cost of electric cars is expensive. Two, we don't even have the infrastructure. And I'm not talking about charging stations, but electric cars are heavy in weight. Our roads and bridges wouldn't even be able to manage if everybody went to an electric car. So stop putting false goals on the American people because all you're doing is hurting our businesses, making Americans think they're going to get something that they're not. Instead, let's transition do the transition the right way. And that way you're not hurting businesses, you're not forcing mandates on Americans, and you're doing it the right way. That's the goal that I think we should have. Ambassador Haley, thanks for your time. Thanks for yours. Thanks. I do want to clarify a couple of things regarding Haley's comments about mifepristone. KFF, an independent health policy organization, found when taken, medication abortion successfully terminates the pregnancy 99.6% of the time, with a 0.4% risk of major complications. Also, the FDA says mifepristone must be dispensed by or under the supervision of a certified prescriber or by certified pharmacies for prescriptions issued by certified prescribers. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. You can find this podcast wherever you subscribe to them. Thank you.